Hello and welcome to Fireside Farmmaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Rashad talking about everything Farmmaker. Hello, this is Michael Rashad and welcome to Fireside Farmmaker. And I'm John Mark Osborne and today we're going to talk about modularization. It's a word that I had trouble saying the first time, so we had to record it over. It's a mouthful, but it's a very important concept in FileMaker. And I looked it up, I Googled it, just to get a general definition. It says, to form or organize into modules as for flexibility. There was a couple of definitions, but I thought that one was pretty good and came closest to defining what modularity means when you're programming. Yeah, it's a good definition, John. So what is modularization in FileMaker? It usually refers to scripting. And the idea is to split long scripts into subscripts that are called by a main script. Now, there are other places where you get some similar functionality or some similar features. But the basic idea on this modularization for scripting is if you're repeating code if you're duplicating stuff. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, and you get that same functionality inside custom functions. It A custom function allows you to centralize code. Let's say that you have a phone formatting calculation that you use on five different fields, five different phone fields in your database. Maybe they're in different tables or who knows where. You want to put all that code in one place so that if you make a mistake or you want to modify it, you can change it in that custom function. It flows out to wherever that function is called. And that way you don't have to go to each place and make the same change in the code. And I've done that many, many times, especially before custom functions are on. And this is the same idea for scripting and modularization. If you have a piece of code that's repeated over and over again, you're using it multiple times, might as well make it a subscript. The same concept also comes in let functions and the variables. So I use let functions for almost every calculation I wrote except for the most simple calculations. So the variables at the beginning allow you to not repeat common code. So it'll eventually make your calculation shorter, but also easier to update or debug and actually run faster because you've declared it in one spot and then referenced it throughout there. And then another place I thought about how does, you know, modularization relate to scripting as well as other places inside FileMaker. I thought about indirection, adaptive programming, dynamic programming. And this is code that can be moved from table to table or file to file. You've made it such that it has no field references, no table references, etc. So you can just copy and paste it. And that's the kind of idea behind modularization. You want to be able to have that piece of code that can be used in script A, script B, script C, script you know, wherever script you want, you can reuse that code. And it's not really that you're copying and pasting it, but it's kind of the same idea. I want to give you some things to draw comparisons to. Right. Now, before we go on, John, let's just talk about variables because this is an area that I think is confusing for some people. You have local variables, which are prefixed with a single dollar sign. You have global variables, which are prefixed with a two dollar signs and then you have the variables in the let function which don't have to have either dollar signs in front of it it can just be a name so it's completely separate and has different rules am i getting that right john i believe so i mean you can use a dollar sign if you want and it will declare a script variable 
and be accessible from a script if you want. But typically, I don't put the dollar signs in front of them because I don't want to confuse people when I'm declaring variables in a let function, making them think that, you know, if there's some other program comes along, oh, he's trying to declare something for a script. I wonder what script connects this. I usually use, you know, the at sign to precede my my variable name so that they can use reserved words like left and right, middle, any function name. Oh, I see. So by using the at symbol, you're actually eliminating the worry about using a protected term or phrase. Is that correct? Right. It gives me that flexibility. It's kind of like the protected words inside execute or SQL. When you're using execute SQL, there's a whole bunch of uh, hundreds of, of reserved words you can't use. And if you just change, you know, proceed it with something, then you can use those, those values. Like for instance, the one that always gets me is the underscore at the beginning of a field. I use it all the time for my primary keys, but you can't use that inside execute SQL. And I, I want to keep it. So I have to put some extra code around it to, uh, you know, to escape it and things like that. Uh, other people use tildes inside of the let function for their variables to do the exact same thing. I just happen to like the at sign. I think it stands out. It's it's easy to see, uh, whereas the tilde is not quite as easy to, to visualize and see inside your code. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But before we go on any further, let's go back to the local and global variables, because this is a key factor in modularization. When you take a script and you modularize it, and you want to pass a variable from the main script to the subscript, you must use a global variable. Because although you can declare a local variable in the script you're in itself, the moment you start running the second script, that local variable disappears. Now, it hasn't gone because when you finish the subscript and you go back to the main script, the local variable is still there and you can see it in the data viewer. But subscripts, you must use global variables. And the one thing that I will add to this is I make an absolute point of remembering on every time I use a global variable, at the end of that script, I'm setting the global variable back to nothing to make sure that I don't end up with a variable that I've set in another script and had forgotten about and now I've messed everything up because of it. So the thing that goes through my mind is a brain fart. And I had a brain fart the first time we tried to record this this uh, podcast. And it's interesting because we're in two different states talking to each other. Like we're, It sounds like we're having a conversation face-to-face, uh, -face, but we're not. But the first time we tried to record this, we got to the section of, you're totally wrong, you know, Michael. This is not true. You know, variables pass from one script to the subscript. It's only when the, the script that's called at the main script finally ends. And I was adamant about it. And we, you know, we decided to, to you know, to, to look into it and we disagreed. And then we found out I was wrong. And if you think that, that people have been doing this for a long time, don't get things wrong. Well, that, that's not true. We do get things wrong. And, and I want to point it out because, uh, you know, it's important to realize that you can have a brain fart and maybe what you need to do is realize that if you do have that skip in your memory or, or, or logic that you just test things. And that's a great thing about FileMaker, but Here's how I would actually do it. The global variables, uh, a great way to do this, to pass a value from one script to another, to make sure it's available, like you're declaring it in script A, and then you, you call script B from script A, and you want it to be available there. You can use a global variable. It's available anywhere for the entire session. Until you close the file, it's going to be available. And Michael likes to set it and, and erase it at the end of the script so it doesn't have any value in there. And the reason probably why he wants to do that is because he doesn't want to clutter up the data viewer. 
And that's my big problem with global variables is that when you go into the, if you use a lot of global variables and I try to avoid them whenever I can, when you're trying to use the debugger and the data viewer together, there are all those global variables are listed there. So there's a sea of global variables and you're just trying to find your fields and variables and things that are in there. So I like to, to not have a cluttered data viewer. So what I actually do is I will declare a variable, a local variable, a single dollar sign, and then to pass it to my subscript, I'll pass that as the script parameter because the perform script has an option to put a script parameter that's passed along with it. So I'll put that variable in there or even just calculation code and it'll, it'll pass along. You can do whatever you want. And then when you're in subscript B, the, the one that you pass it to, you just use get script parameter, get open parentheses script parameter, and then you can get that value. Yeah, it's a good point. I haven't done that because... I mean, I've done it at some points in the past, but I typically just use a global variable because I'm so used to doing that and conditioned to it. So, but yeah, it's definitely a good point and something to consider. Well, that's the whole idea behind this podcast is different points of view and knowing how to do it both ways and the advantages and disadvantages of both ways really can help you program better because there may be a time when you need to use a global variable and there may be a time where you think that using a, uh, passing the uh, you know local variable or some calculation code through the script parameter will be a better choice. So really that's what FileMaker is all about. There's many ways to do things. Okay, so why modularize, John? Yeah, I think we kind of you know need to get to a point where you really understand why you need to modularize. And we kind of hit on a little bit, but the first thing is, and the, probably the most important is reducing repetitive code. So what we mean by that is you've got a piece of code, you've written it probably one script, right? There's no subscripts at all. There's just one big, long, linear script. And you go, hey, this piece of code is going to work really great in this other script I'm writing. But the things around it are not going to be the same. So I'm going to have some code maybe at the beginning, some code at the end, but that piece of code in the middle is going to be the same as this other script. So why don't I make it a subscript? And that way, if I ever have to change it, then I can go to the subscript and change it once. So we've centralized that code and reduced the repetitive code and made it you know, a much more efficient situation. Right. And the other reason, the other place I use it a lot is where I want to be able to use that same subscript and call it from multiple different scripts and places. And I know that it's there and I can use it over and over again, which is the same as you've said, reducing repetitive code, but it's expanding it and making it much more globally effective or globally usable. Yeah, and sometimes what you have to do is is modify the code a little bit to make it more generic, uh, to, to be able to make it, as you said, globally available. So you have to you have to almost make it uh, in within direction or adaption or dynamic so that it works with it. So it's not only you can you don't can't always just grab that code and make it a subscript and use it in several scripts. Sometimes you have to fiddle with it a little bit. Like you might have a set field, and maybe you have to use a set field by name instead because you you're going to be using this code in two different tables. So, you know, there's, it's not always a clean cut and paste into a, that. Sometimes it is, but it's not always. Yeah, I generally find that most of the time I can, I mean, I can either have that script running different var variations using get script parameter, or I just remember or just using the same variables and just sitting, setting them differently or with different values in, in the main script. 
going to the subscript. I do that a lot too with the script parameters. You know, put an if statement in there and 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 pass in a different value to the to the script, and uh, that will allow me to run, you know, something that will work in multiple tables or in mul- multiple situations. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to make things, uh, you know, adaptive or dynamic. Uh, but yeah, definitely script parameters, one of those greatest things came in in FileMaker 7, even before variables. So script parameters, if you don't use them, you, you just rely on variables. Script parameters are, are fantastic because they allow you to send different information to a script. A variable is basically set inside of a script. A, a script parameter can be passed from a button or another script. It really gives, it, it, it can do a lot of the same things that a variable do, but in a lot of ways it can do extra things that a variable can't do. And such as a variable can do extra things that a script parameter can't do. It's really best to know both because they're really distinct features, even though they have some overlap. Sure. Okay, so why modularize? The first one was reduced repetitive code. The second reason is readability. So if you have a really super long script, you could keep it a super long script, but you also could modularize it for readability. It's almost like chapters in a book. And if you want, so you can, you know, you might be reading this thing, you'll see, okay, uh, maybe it's a print script, just to give a simple, simple example. The first step might be uh, select context is the name of the script. The next thing might be print setup and you want several di- different types of prints set up in that in that subscript. So you might send a script parameter along with it. And then you might have print, and maybe you have different printers you want to store, different printers you want to store with it, and also uh, you know set them up with... Uh, with a script parameter, so it chooses the right printer for the person, and 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 maybe you have a sort routine that goes along with it, and things, and it can go on. And on. There's all kinds of things you do with print, and it could become a very long script, but if you modularize it, you can see what pieces you want to look at and go, okay, that makes sense. Okay, let me command or control double click on the perform script step that's inside my main script, and that will actually open up the subscript so you can easily look at it. Uh, so you can see the contents of that chapter and kind of just walk through it. And we'll talk about when that doesn't work very well, but a lot of times it can work very well to give you that good overview of a script. And then if you really want the detail, then you can go into the detail by command or control, double clicking on that perform script step and open up that subscript. Yeah, that's a really great tip. And I actually didn't realize this until you told me. So it is strange how even with all the knowledge and all the years of experience there are things that we just simply don't know or we knew but we've forgotten so let's move on to the third reason which is easier testing it can sometimes and i say sometimes very i'm emphasizing that word because sometimes it can make testing easier because you have the separate pieces so you can say hey i'm just going to run this piece of code i don't want to run the rest of it if you've modularized it correctly, each piece of code possibly could run separately and you could see what it does. You may require a setup to, to maybe you'll have to select the layout manually first before you run that piece of code, but you can test it separately and see if there's a, and you can go through it and you go, oh, well, uh, subscript A worked, subscript B worked. Oh, here's the problem, subscript C. So there's a problem there when I run that. That's right. So it may make you know, using the script debugger along with that subscript a lot easier to debug instead of going through the entire script. Yeah, in fact, uh, I've got a project that I've been long-term project with a very old client, and we have a data file that has to be imported, and then there's a notification script that happens after the data has been imported, and that 
quite complicated because it involves going to different layouts depending on whether they want a summary report or an individual or they want both and all of those are in the subscript so when i'm testing that i'm just going to the layout that i would start from and testing that subscript and making sure it works perfectly and then at the end of it i just turn it on so that it runs immediately after the import is finished very useful and the fourth reason that we listed here was it could possibly, and again, I'm emphasizing possibly, make the programming of the script in pieces more easy, more, you could make it, a, it's kind of the way I'd, I'd program a linear script anyhow. I would program the first four or five lines that does something. It doesn't have to be four or five lines. It's whatever, you know, if I have a go to related record at the beginning of a script, I'm going to put the go to related record in there and then run the script and make sure it finds the records that I want before I go on with it. So it might be one script step. And so that's how I do a linear script, but you could also do the same concept with modular scripting and you can get one component done and working and move on to the next component. And then you'll know that each of these pieces are done rather than trying to write the whole thing at once and run it and then go, I wonder what the problem is. It didn't work. And then you have to turn the script debugger on and not that the script debugger couldn't handle it for you, but there might be a, a systematic way to go about writing your scripts rather than just trying to write the whole thing. It's the same thing with the calculation. If I have this long calculation that's, you know, for uh, calculation functions within functions within functions, I'll write the inside part and then I'll say, okay, that's what I was expecting to get. Then I'll put something on the outside of it. Another function, I'll keep going outwards and then I'll start declaring, you know, variables in a let function. It's about all about having a system about how to write calculations, or in this case, scripts, so that you can get them done more efficiently. Because what I've seen over the years of teaching is people try to write the whole thing, and then they get confused and worried about, well, where's the problem? I don't, I don't see where it is. And they've written so much, they haven't decided at, you know, along the way that the first part worked, the middle part worked, and the last part worked. They tried to do it all at once. And so, if you actually have subscripts, it's possible that could be your method for writing scripts, it makes it a little bit easier for you to put this together rather than trying to tackle the whole problem at once you do piece by piece. Yeah, and it, this cannot be emphasized enough. When you're doing something that is other than very, very simple, it is much better to just test a little section at a time, make sure that's working 100% and then move on. And what you're suggesting and the way of doing it is absolutely the way I work. And it just prevents getting too far down in the weeds and then trying to figure out where you are and what's going wrong. And yes, the debugger will often help you, but even using that, there are times when you will miss something, as I did the other day with something that was so stupid that I spent two hours looking at it and then asked you and you saw what was wrong with it in 10 seconds. Well, I'll give myself 30 seconds. How about that? Well, all right. <laughs> but but the point is that sometimes this is the other reason why we recommend mentors or having a FileMaker friend because, you know, Michael just called me up and said, hey, you got a few minutes? And I said, yeah, and, and uh, I, I was busy, but I've got a few minutes for you. And he, we just did a screen sharing, and he said, this is what I'm trying to do. And, and I looked at it, I go, and I did a couple of things. And I go, oh, yeah, I think it's that commit records. We took it off, and, and, it, and it fixed the problem. So, um, you know, definitely go out and get yourself a FileMaker friend and, and uh, how you meet that person is there's a variety of ways, forums, DevCon, who knows where you might meet this person, but having a friend to help you out, to, to rely on, to, to have your back, uh, to you know converse with everyone. So I really will help your career a lot. Yeah. And just 
but just make sure not to take advantage of farmaker friends and always be available when they need help because it is reciprocal we both always all of us need help at times because we can't see the trees for the forest yep absolutely you've been staring at the script for for a long time and it's just you're you're just going batty because you're like i know there's something wrong it's something simple but anyhow so the next point is when to modularize and this is very similar to why which we just covered and it's a it's a, a chance for us to to summarize a little bit of what we did again so why is reduce repetitive code readability so it reads like a chapter of a book easier testing of each of the subscripts as pieces and if you take it from the beginning it could be an easier way to program in pieces so those are the reasons that's when to modularize if you want this kind of of advantages you have to know what those advantages why you would do modularization because i've seen plenty of scripts that were modularized for absolutely no reason but we'll get into that later so when to modularize the second point we have here is when the code is being reused and we talked about that and often what i do is i modularize a code after it's written or when it gets duplicated somewhere else i go oh yeah that code's over here and i'll, I'll do that but really the point i wanted to make here and and just reviewing is point three here it is when to modularize and and i wanted to give a kind of a rule of thumb and i and i said well okay in the old days i used to say when uh when you when you when you had to start scrolling because uh you know you had this dialogue this uh default dialogue for the script it was called script maker back then not script workspace and it, as soon as you got a scroll bar I said well that's when you want to start thinking about modularization because you're getting a fairly long script I'd say it's maybe around 25 lines of script. That doesn't mean that I don't have a hundred line linear script without subscripts. In fact, I've kind of gone back and forth between modularizing and not modularizing. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts are right, right at this moment about what I do, but you know, I'm just trying to give you a, a you know, a rule of thumb here, maybe at 25 lines go, Hmm, would this benefit from modularization? Yeah, it's kind of like you could use the example of going to a trying to get to a particular city and the map will get you to the city, but then you need the GPS, which is the subscript, to get you to the specific location within that city that you want to go to. And it's just a separation of this makes sense. I don't need it to get to here, but I need it to get to there. So let's talk about when you shouldn't modularize or why you shouldn't modularize. And I think you uh, made some of these points and wrote them down. So I'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this, Michael. Well, I've seen some modularized scripts where you've got a subscript that is calling, or you've got a script that is calling multiple subscripts. And sometimes it's calling the same subscript multiple times within that main script. And when you're trying to debug it, it's just so complicated that your eyes glaze over and it's really hard to to see what's going on so if you're going to modularize you need to be cognizant and aware that it would be very easy to make it too complicated and that it won't run either quickly or that if it doesn't if it fails it's because or it's going to be very hard to track down what's causing it to fail yeah the one that really bugs me is Script A calls script B, script B calls script C, script C calls script D, script D calls script E. And you think I haven't gone far enough, um, you're right. If you think I've gone too far, you're wrong because I've seen databases like this where I've adopted them and they go so many levels deep. 
that it's nearly impossible to manage that script or debug it because it goes so and and some of these subscripts would have one or two lines in them and they were pointless to modularize so i think what i want to do is move into a simple example here a really simple example because modularization doesn't doesn't just about complexity and so hopefully the simple example will give you an idea of what modularization can do for you something different than what we've talked about there's all and i guess my point is there's different types of modularization what we've talked about is the general type where you're reusing code and you're and you're uh, you know you've got a long piece of code and you want to read it like a chapter of a book well this is a simple example and really doesn't help you out in the traditional way that we've mentioned so that's why i think it's a good example here and this has to do with allow user abort and or set error capture so allow user abort is a script step that you can turn on or off and same with setter capture on or off allow user board prevents somebody from canceling your script while it's running that's either a command period on macintosh or the escape key on windows and then setter capture when you turn that on it prevents the filemaker errors from showing so if you for instance a simple example be going into find mode typing in something that it could never find like let's say that you were looking for John, but you'd accidentally type two ends at the end. It's not going to find it, and it's going to give you a no records matches request. Well, if you're running that find through a script and pausing and enter find one, letting the person put stuff in, but you have set error capture on inside that script, you're not going to see the FileMaker error message. You can capture that error number and produce your own message is what it's really for. You don't, in other words, you don't want to see the FileMaker messages. You want to see your own message. You know, if when you do the find, if get found count is less than one, stop or give a message saying what you just searched for isn't there. So there's a classic example. Yeah. Or you can check get last error. You could choose get last error as well, too. I mean, they're both valid approaches. So that's what those script steps do. And you're thinking, how can we modularize that? Well, let's take an example. Let's say that you have 100 scripts inside of your database. And each of them, or at least a good number of them, have allow user board and set error capture at the beginning. And they're at the beginning usually because what happens is you have to, and the reason they're on every script is because you is, is allow user board and Sarah capture go to the default setting after the script is done running. So when it's done running, it goes back to allow user board on and set our capture off. But usually you want it the opposite way, right? You want to have the, them not be able to, to abort, which is off and you don't want any errors to appear FileMaker errors, so you do it on. So you have it on every script, right? At the beginning of every one, usually at the beginning, you could don't have to do it at the beginning, but that's usually where I put it. And so let's say that you've done this, you've got a hundred scripts, all with these allow user boards and setter captures. And then what you want to do is test it like a user. Okay, well, you have to go to every single script and turn them to the opposite. Then you go, well, I'm developing now. I don't want to see these error messages and I want to be able to cancel scripts. So you go to 100 scripts, you turn them all on and off and blah, blah, blah. And you're going back and forth and that's a lot of work. And you know, and then when you ship the product, you put it out on the server or, or whatever you do, you have to switch it back again. I mean, you're constantly going back and forth and that's a lot of work. So you don't want to do that. So what I do is I modularize that. And so instead of putting the actual allow user board and setter capture script step in each one of my scripts, I put a script that calls them. And that allow your support and set our capture flow through. You know, we talked about how, you know, variables don't flow through to the subscripts. Well, 
allow user abort as a subscript will flow through all the scripts. It'll turn it on for all the scripts that are connected to each other. So as long as the main script that called this is still running, it will be, you know, at the state you set it at. So you can do this. And now if you go into your script, you can say one script, I turn it on or off, whatever you want to do, set or capture, allow user abort, you turn it on or off and it's on and off for everything. So you can set it globally. So you've centralized your code, but more than just centralizing your code, you made your life much easier than you would have if you hadn't modularized it. And that's a fantastic example. It's a really powerful idea, and I don't know why I never thought about doing it. Well, I'll take it one step further. What I actually do, because I don't ever go into the scripts and turn them on and off, I put an if statement. I usually have my allow user abort and my setter capture separate as separate subscripts. And there's an if statement that says, if get account privilege set name, that gives you the name of the privilege set that you logged on with. There is one called current privilege set name. You may be wondering what that's about. That's when you run a script with full access. There's an option in script, uh, the script workspace to run with full access so that it will ignore basically what your privileges are in security and run it with full access. And that particular get current privilege set name will get whatever is actually in place at that moment, not what you logged on with. So I always use, you almost always use the account version, the get account privilege set name. And I check that to see if it's equal to quote, square bracket, full access with a space in there, close square bracket, quote. So I'm checking to see if that privilege set that's logged on right now is the full access. If it is, then I'm going to turn allow user board on. Else, I'm going to turn allow user board off. And I do the same thing with setter capture. So now, that's exactly what I want. Whenever I log on, I want to be able to cancel things. Whenever somebody else logs on, which is a user, I don't want them to be able to cancel things. And I don't want them to see the error messages that FileMaker produce. Yeah, I actually use, a lot of the time, get active modifier keys to turn functions off on or off within the script. Get active modifier keys equals one, that's the shift key. Four is the control key. Five is the control plus shift and there are other ones, but those ones I use. And where I find that really useful is when I want to re-log in to a system with multiple uh, privilege sets, I wanna be able to go in without typing the password and the username, just simply change to a different user and test and then re-log in back as the full access. Okay, interesting. And and uh, that uh, has to do with modularization, how? Uh, it doesn't have to do with modulation. It's just a different approach because sometimes you, sometimes I need to be able to just test something without having it be full access. So that's when I use it. Uh, I see. I see where your your uh, your tangent was based on the full access thing. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So I want to make sure everybody out there listening can understand where we're we're flowing through to. So hopefully, uh, you know, between the two of us, you'll get some nugget of truth here. So we kind of talked about over modularization and what the problem is. I've kind of gone back and forth about modularizing my scripts, and I don't do it as often as I used to. I'm not saying it's not useful, but, and I certainly, the, the most common modular script I use would be allows your user abort and setter capture, but I also have modularized scripts for setting window sizes, for setting up 
custom menus because usually I have either full access or uh, limited custom menus, or there might be more. I set those up and and you know maybe selecting which layout uh, for uh, for the platform I might do that. There's a variety of things, but they're they're a lot less than it's not my it's it's those are the kind of scripts that I use over and over in solutions all the time. You know they go from one solution to another, and I just modularize them for that. I don't I don't typically write scripts that are unique to that solution and modularize them. I just don't find it as useful. I like to have a linear script. Now, to each his own, right? You know, you've got to decide what works best for you. And if you find that modularizing the script makes it easier to read or to debug or whatever, you know, we've tried to present every single problem here uh, and every single advantage and disadvantage here. So you can really make the choice yourself. Yeah, I think you just have to be aware that you want to, it's supposed to make your life easier. So don't make it too complicated because that makes your life more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I guess what it comes down to is don't break these rules by over modularizing. And the rules again would be reduction of repetitive code, easier reading for long scripts, easier testing. Those are the things that I like about modularization. I don't necessarily do all of them. Like for instance, again, with long scripts, if I'm not reusing that code, I probably will just make one big long script and it's easier for me. It's less clutter inside the script workspace. And yes, I have a longer script, but I like that way because I think very linearly. And you may think differently than me and it would be a benefit to use modularization. It's really a personal preference and you have to try things out. We talked about fiddling around and, and you know asking those questions about why not. And you have to really try this stuff out and decide what's best for you. The truth of the matter is, and everybody who's listened to this should realize that there is no absolutely right way to do anything in FileMaker. There are many different ways and different approaches. And all we're talking about in this podcast and other ones is things that might make sense and will resonate with you. Something that we're talking about may not resonate with you listening because it's just alien to the way that you think because it is idiosyncratic. So Use what works and be open to ideas. And if you see an idea or hear an idea that makes intrigues you, fiddle with it. Try it out. Work with it. See what happens. And if, it, if you find it's fantastic, you'll use it again and again. And you may go, yeah, that was interesting, but I'm not going to use that again. But you have to spend the time to make that determination. And that's also how you internalize and learn all the stuff that uh, you need to learn over a long period of time. So let me give an example of what you just talked about, Michael, um, in terms of something we talked about. We did a podcast on how to develop a, a solution, How to what is the process for developing a solution. And you talked about, well, I never make a requirements document. And I said, most of the time I do create a requirements document. And it's two different ways of looking at it. And your, I think of your advantage was, well, I think that people get a better solution when I'm done. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I've been applying it to some of my new clients clients and saying, hey, I'm going to give you the option that, you know, you don't have to have a requirements document. We can do it with some discussions ahead of time. It's not like we're not going to plan the solution, but we're not going to have this formal document. And I found out that I've got some flexibility. I've gotten to a point where I know a lot about FileMaker. I don't have to dot every single I and cross every single T. And, and that came about because I listened to what you said and I thought, man, that's an intriguing idea. Let me try that out and see if it works for me. And, we're, you know, I've been doing FileMaker for 20, 25 years. I forget how long 
long it's been for a, a while. And I'm just constantly changing and adjusting the way I do things. And you should do that yourself, as Michael said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of the joy of working with Farmaker for, in my case, 33 years now, is that I'm always finding new ways to do things, different approaches. And I listen to things people say, I read things people have written, watch videos, and I go, now that's really interesting. And it comes back down to asking the question, which is the what if podcast, which is the most important question. But you have to be open to experimentation. You can't go into this thinking that you know everything because nobody does. Well, maybe one or two people, but they're very rare. Or at least they think they do, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Nobody knows everything. I can agree with that. So let's continue on with over-modularization. And there's some more notes we have here. And it may be a little bit of, you know, uh, summarization of what we already said. But I see here it's very hard to follow and debug. So I want to emphasize that, that the benefits you get out of modularization should outweigh the more difficult ability to follow through and see every single piece of detail. It's a different way of looking at it. I like, I like to see all the detail. And, and what I'll do inside of a script rather than modularize that you can do now that you couldn't do before is put a blank line in there. Or I'll put a comment in there to differentiate pieces of code that could have been modularized, but I can almost modularize them within a single script by just putting those spaces in so it's more readable for me. So think of those kinds of things instead of just, okay, I've got to do a subscript. It's kind of like when you're, you're creating layouts. You have the ability to put layouts in folders. I find them somewhat cumbersome. And what I do with layouts, and I, I consider this modularization to some degree, is, I, is all my interface layouts will be listed at the top separated by one of those lines. So they're not in folders, but down at the bottom, I'll have all my printed or my printing reports and all my, I always have a, a layout for uh, that. I It's a developer layout. It's, it's one for every single table that I can just go to and fill around with and not have to worry about the way it looks and test things out. So I put those all in a folder. I call them source tables. And there might be some other things in there. Maybe I have my iPad and my iPhone layouts in there, but my desktop layouts I always have the top because I can quickly scroll up and down. Now, the folders do save some space on those those menus when you're trying to select things, but in general, I find them cumbersome. So so that's why I like to go ahead and, and make my scripts linear and not use subscripts all the time, only when it really seems to make sense. So I feel like if, if I went back in time and looked at it, I started off with FileMaker and I was scripting everything linearly. And then as I got, you know, to the middle part of my career, I was doing a lot of subscripts. And then as I get into the later part of my career, I'm going, wow, subscripts shouldn't be used all the time. Don't abuse a technique is what I'm coming down to. Use it when it makes sense. Yeah. And that's one of the most important pieces of advice you will ever hear. Use them, use things when they make sense. Don't get wrapped up and fall in love with a technique and then use it to your detriment or to the solution's detriment because it doesn't quite work all the time. And if you're not open to being aware of that, you can end up shooting yourself in the foot. It's kind of like that guy who uh, went to McDonald's every day for a month and 
you know, he went there breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And every time they said, do you want to supersize? He had to do it. That was his rule. And he did a documentary on it. I think he got 40, uh, gained 30 or 40 pounds in a month. And he, uh, he got, uh, you know, higher cholesterol and stuff like that. And just because you like McDonald's, I don't think anybody eats there every day. So don't use subscripts or modularizations for every signal scenario. Use it when it makes sense. I go to McDonald's begrudgingly when I've got no time to go anywhere else because there's one right around the corner. It's the only fast food place here. And I've got a client at, you know, ending at 12 and one starting at one. I've got a half an hour to eat. That's what I'll do. I'll go over to McDonald's. So, you know, hopefully that analogy makes a little bit of sense to you for, for when you should modularize and when you shouldn't. Yep, absolutely. So just to kind of sum up everything here, when not to modularize, um, you know, make sure your, your uh, subscripts usually should be fairly simple. Um, you don't have to make really complicated subscripts. You can if you want, but uh, you know we gave you some good examples of some simple subscripts. They're just doing tasks that you know everyday tasks that are um, you know involved in every single file. So you just copy and paste all those 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 subscripts from from table to table, or you create a template and they're in there, and you just call on them, and you're used to them. And, you know, as a general rule, don't have more than one level of modularization. Like I said, that big tree branch that I talked about, script A calls script B, C, D, and E. It gets so difficult to, to troubleshoot it and to figure out what's going on, especially if you're adopting it from somebody else. Do a favor for another developer. Don't do this kind of stuff because it drives us crazy. Any other things to add on to the end of this, Michael? No, to be perfectly honest, John, I think we've covered pretty much everything. I mean, it's a complicated subject and it is going to be down to the individual. So there, like everything, there are pros and cons. There are times to use it and there are times to not. And just go into it thinking, does this make sense? What if I modularize? Will I gain an advantage? What if I didn't? Do I suffer from not doing so? So you have to ask those questions all the time in development generally. And modularization is just another extension of that thought process. I think that's a great way to end this because that's the perfect way to say it. You know, you've got to test it out, try it out, fiddle around with it, ask why not, when should you do this, is there advantage or disadvantage? That's really what it comes down to. It's not everything should be modularized. It's just, and, and you'll never be able to truly figure out how to modularize just by listening to us. Hopefully we've just pointed you in the right direction, but that's about all we can do. You have to figure it out really for yourself. Absolutely. You can't learn FileMaker from somebody else. You really have to learn it by yourself. You can get help and you can learn certain things, but unless you do it, you won't internalize it. And if you don't internalize it, you won't remember it for the next time. And so many people make that mistake. If we can stop people from thinking they can watch a video or read a book and then program a FileMaker database, if we can stop people from doing that and say, look, you've got to try things out, then we've really scored here and we've, we've made our point. That's probably our most general point we can make across all these podcasts is folks, sure, you may enjoy listening to us. You may get a lot of points and some nuggets of truth and think, but they're things to try out. And that's what you got to remember. So try out modularization. See what it does. And maybe the next time you program a solution, you go, I'm not going to do it the same way I did the before. And you'll constantly learn by making mistakes and also by triumphing, by doing something that works out really well. You go, oh, that's a perfect place to use modularization. Absolutely. 
Well, I think we're done for the day. I'm Michael Rashad. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week at Fireside FileMaker. And my name is John Mark Osborne. Thanks for listening. And please post any comments. We love to hear from everybody. Yeah, we do. Thank you. And bye-bye now. You've been listening to Fireside FileMaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard. We'd love to hear what you think, so please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com. That's info at firesidefilemaker.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.